start with the actual welcome, I guess. So, welcome back, guys. And if you're here for the first time, welcome to Crime and Theory, a podcast dedicated to everything outside the parameters of normal. We're your hosts, Ashley and Aaron. Hi. So, Aaron, how's life going? Uh, it's it's going, you know, especially with this whole coronavirus thing going on. Ah. Uh. Sweeping the nations. I call it pre-zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Dude, seriously though, like if any of you listening are those panic buyers who want to stock up, I can understand you wanting to have some back stock so you don't have to leave your house as frequently. Totally understandable. But if you're one of those douches that buys like 50 packs of toilet paper or the entire shelf contents of Clorox wipes... Why? Why? You do not need that much. No human needs that much. And if you have to use that much toilet paper in like a two to four week time span, you need to go to the hospital because you've got something worse than coronavirus. Sorry. Uh, I had to get that out there. I feel like people need to hear this. (laughs) Don't be a jerk. Or especially those ones that are hoarding all all the supplies and trying to sell them. Yeah, they're turning around and selling them on eBay for exponentially higher amounts than what they're worth and people are actually buying it because they can't find it anywhere else this price gouging crap has got to stop whole new level of douchebaggery you're right i mean there are people out there who legitimately cannot get out there and i know that you read these things on facebook saying think of people with special needs kids think of people who are elderly and can't get out there as often you know Mima. She's 89 years old. That's my great-grandma, guys. I'm almost 30 years old and I still have my great-grandma. I am hashtag blessed, like beyond all, all measure at this point. But she's 89 years old. She does not drive anymore. My grandma, her daughter, has just been diagnosed with pneumonia. So she's not supposed to be leaving the house. So yeah, there needs to be stuff on the shelf when they can manage to get out there and stock up on their supplies like toilet paper and paper towels and bread and milk. Because they don't go to the grocery store every day or every other day. They go every few weeks. And it just, it makes me ill. I'm sorry. I'm just grateful Walmart had milk and bread for us today. I know, right? I mean, who knows? We may have listeners like two years down the road and they're thinking back, Ah, I remember that coronavirus. I was a survivor. (laughs) We're wasting a lot of time talking about coronavirus. I'm so sorry. It's all good. We're here for a spooky episode today. But first, before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to like our number one listener. Her name is Rima, and she just became a grandmother. So congratulations to you and your family. Congratulations. We're so happy for you. So thank you so much for sharing that very personal part of your life with us. You don't understand with everything going on out in the world right now, that glimmer of hope is enough to keep, honestly, anybody going at this point. It was amazing. Thank you so much. So anyway... Enough about viruses. I'm just kidding. We're still going to be talking about viruses, but we're moving on to tuberculosis. Yay. Because this week, we're talking about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Ooh. Ooh. Let's get started. Like every episode, we're starting with the basics, the creation of the sanatorium. I feel like lightning should be striking and I should hear a mad scientist going, (laughs) Yeah, we're terrible at this. This is why we're not voice actors. That's why we're podcasters. (laughs) Oh, These are allergies, guys. Spring literally just hit. I came into the world sneezing. I will probably die sneezing. So if you hear me sniffle, I do not have the coronavirus. I legitimately have the worst allergies known to mankind. And Aaron's bothered by them, too. It just... It gives him a tickle in his throat. He coughs. So if you hear it, I'm going to try to edit it out, but I apologize. I have seasonal allergies for every season of the year. He's allergic to the sunshine. Who are we kidding? I am. He gets out of the car. If the sun's shining, he sneezes. I'm not joking. Even in the dead of winter. But if he's stuck in ha- in the house and it's dim and he's playing video games, he doesn't sneeze once. Nope. All right. Anyway, history of this place was found on the official website for the nonprofit organization, of the Waverly Hills Historical Society called therealwaverlyhills.com. I just have to wonder, is there a website called thefakewaverlyhills.com? <laughs> this should be a thing. And I'm going to talk more about them later because they're actually really cool. But 
the building itself. So the Waverly Hill Sanatorium was built between 1908 and 1910, and it was officially opened on July 26, 1910. This was a two-story building designed to house anywhere between 40 and 50 tuberculosis patients. Doesn't sound like a big number. Well, at that point, it didn't have to hold a big number. It wasn't that big of an epidemic yet. Yeah. But I did read that Kentucky actually was one of the biggest areas to be affected by tuberculosis in the long run. Yeah. So they do wind up making it bigger, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Do you want to know what tuberculosis is exactly? Yes. Okay. So tuberculosis is a potentially serious infectious bacterial disease that mainly affects the lungs. The bacteria that causes TB are spread when an infected person coughs or sneezes, so it's airborne. Like the coronavirus. Unfortunately. So here are some of the symptoms. It's also called consumption. So if you're ever reading like an old book and it says, they were taken by consumption, it's tuberculosis. So this requires a medical diagnosis. I'm just getting all of this straight from Google. It says most people infected with a bacteria that cause tuberculosis don't have symptoms, like the coronavirus. When symptoms do occur, they usually include cough, sometimes blood tinged, weight loss, night sweats, and fever. If you have pain in the chest, uh, pain can occur while breathing. So that sounds a lot like pneumonia, like a really bad case of pneumonia. Uh, The cough can be chronic or with blood. You have whole body chills, fatigue, fever, loss of appetite. I can't speak. Appetite. Malaise. Loss of apples. (laughs) Loss of apples. (laughs) Malaise, night sweats, or sweating. Also common is loss of muscle, phlegm, Severe unintentional weight loss, shortness of breath, or swollen lymph nodes. Which honestly sounds a lot like the coronavirus. I wish I could walk away from this. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Tuberculosis was the cause for isolation from the public. Still, like the coronavirus, dear lord. And patients needed a place where they could recover without, you know, being a threat to the mass public. Right. So TB was turning into an epidemic in Kentucky, like I said, and overcrowding eventually became a really big issue. You said this wasn't a very big building, and you're right. So instead of overcrowding them for extended periods of time, because it wound up at one point that 140 people were stuffed into this place like sardines, they wound up making the place bigger. So they did expand on the hospital. That's good. Good on them, yeah. And then the new building opened on October 17th, 1926. Happy Halloween to you sick folks, I guess. (laughs) And if you want to Google some of the images, you can. Yeah. If you want to describe some of the things that you see to our listeners, that would be great. Silent Hills. (laughs) Waverly Hills. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Aaron. Silent Hills Sanatorium. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, that needs to be a game. Doesn't it, though? You guys hear me? Get on it. This place is huge. It is really big. Here's how big it was. Man, it's... It's about five stories tall, and there are tons of windows on this place, or open areas. What would you call that? They're not archways, but like little balconies, I guess? Open airways? Yeah. I mean, it was designed like that on purpose, and I'll explain that also. I don't know why, when I look at this thing, this whole building as a whole, I... I, it looks like a train. It kind of does, yeah. Like, if you're looking at it from really far away, it looks like you're going to go choo-choo. Yeah. Like, where's the rails? So, the building that you're looking at right now, that one is still standing, obviously, because those photos are modern. And it was built to accommodate over 400 patients at any given time. Jeez. Is that not a lot or what? That's way better than 50. you right. And since Kentucky had the highest death rate of tuberculosis in the United States, there were a multitude of afflicted, so that space was needed. Like, every part of it was used. This place is, like, the inside's looking pretty creepy. Oh, it's definitely creepy. I mean, Aaron, it's a haunted episode. You can't some you can't have some bright, happy, sunshiny place if it's haunted. That's not how things work. You know this. You watch Ghost Adventures and cringe at Zach Bagans, too. Yeah. If you guys can hear our doggy snoring. Ooh, I like this gargoyle statue. That's that's on the... Is that really there? It's. It looks like it's there. I don't know. That could be... 
It could have been added like, like oh, it's there. You're right. Okay. How about that? Do you want to describe it? Or do you want to wait until we get to the haunted part? Because that's pretty creepy. Mm, it's really hard to explain. It just looks like you're all good old demon. Well, I mean... It's pretty buff, though. He looks like he's about to, like, come at you. It's very muscular. If you guys want to keep up and play along at home, you can Google Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And so... It's the Waverly Hills Gargoyle. So, the way I see it, the wings... Almost looks spider webbed, like how uh, you would draw oh, like an yeah. amateur spider web. But they also remind me of those wings in that image by Da Vinci. Oh yeah, yeah, his uh, weird flight. flying machine. Yeah, thing. flying machine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this thing is massively muscular, and it his fingers are very long and almost like talons. Yeah, like it could come up and grab you by the throat and rip your throat out. I'm just saying. I mean, this dude does like. He's like a bodyguard, like just how he's kind of sitting there, like he's sitting, but he's like ready to pounce. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, this is not mentioned in the hauntings. This is just another creepy factor. Oh, here's a close up to its face. No, thank you. This thing looks like a lion and a monkey and a tiger and a human and a lot of really creepy things. A shaved bear. It looks like a shaved bear. Yeah. Which if, if you've never seen a shaved bear before... Don't that Google is, that. It is, oh my goodness, it is the thing of nightmares. It is. You should Google it. Don't. No. Definitely. Google at your own risk. So anyway, do you want to hear just how big this place is? Yes. Okay. It's so big it has its own zip code. What? Mm-hmm. This place had a post office, a water treatment facility, a fruit and vegetable garden, and livestock which they raised for slaughter. They, everything was like, it was like a self-sufficient little community that they had going on. You know what? This place kind of reminds me of that, that zombie anime, that school. (gasps) School Live or School Live? Yeah. Yeah. Or like the. The school is set up to take care of itself in case of, yeah. Almost kind of set for a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Almost like they knew. So a lot of people, I'm just going to throw this out there. A lot of people think that uh, this place was housed or was built to also house the criminally insane because it's a sanatorium. And that's not the case. This place is actually just a tuberculosis center. It was, well, initially built for that. And then it later became a geriatric center. It was basically a place that took care of older people. Okay. But, I mean, it would have been cool if they used it for, like, an Arkham Asylum. Well, here's the thing. And... If it was a place meant to psychologically treat people, that would have been one thing. But this was 1910, and then 19... Sorry, let me go back. And then 1926, people didn't quite understand psychology as well as they do today. And people that were in asylums back then were very poorly treated. And one cool thing about this place from everything that I read is that they were actually treated really well. These people weren't like strapped to their beds or anything. They weren't, they were able to move about. They were able to get fresh air. Really? Yeah. I mean, there are some pretty horrific things that happened, but it wasn't, I don't think, with the intention of malice. Right, right. Which is odd because typically when we find these things, it's like people being tortured and yeah. berated and beat on. Yeah. Hmm. So this, the new facility, the one that opened in 1926, was one of the most well-equipped hospitals of the time. I say good on them. But here's the thing. I don't exactly understand how this was able to work, but so family, from the one thing that I read on the Historical Society website, the family was able to come in and visit with their relatives who were sick with tuberculosis. And tuberculosis was highly contagious, so I don't know how they were dressed to be able to leave but the family was able to go home after visitation but here's the thing the patients and the staff basically signed away their life once they entered this place they knew they weren't coming back out at least until they were cured right but the staff could not because they're exposed to this on a regular basis and they're exposed to so many people with tuberculosis they couldn't risk the the staff taking it out into the world they were trying to isolate it was the staff was it a common occurrence that they would get tuberculosis i didn't see anything that said that but 
even if you didn't have tuberculosis yourself, like with most diseases, you can carry it. Right, And that was too much of a risk they were willing to, too big of a risk that they were willing to take. And in 1944, there was actually a treatment for tuberculosis discovered. So hooray. So if people contract it today, they're... They can be taken care of pretty easily. It's not like the early 1900s. Isn't that one of our basic, like those shots that you get? Oh, immunizations? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's an immunization, but I do know that when you start college and stuff, they administer a TB test. Yeah. And what they do is they take the the needle with the uh, substance and they put it directly under the skin and it causes a bubble under your skin. Mm. It doesn't hurt or anything. You don't feel anything. And most people don't have TB. So they just come into the doctor a couple days later. The staff looks at the arm and says, okay, you're good to go. And that's it. As long as you don't have a certain reaction to that medicine Mm. or to that uh, liquid, you're good. So by 1961, the sanatorium was basically obsolete. So in 1961, Waverly Hills was shut down. Because it wasn't needed anymore. People were allowed to go home. They were allowed to be given treatment. And and they were pretty much well. You know, no big deal. Because there was a treatment for it now. So there's a cure. I don't want to call it a cure. Because I'm not sure. I I never saw that word attached to it. And I don't want to give misinformation. Right. But it was definitely a treatment. Okay. Which did, you know, assist people in getting better. So it can be taken care of. Not, it's not such a big deal it's not as big of a threat as it was in the early 1900s absolutely not after it was shut down it was quarantined and remodeled and then in 1962 the building opened once again and this time as a geriatric facility like i said and it stayed a geriatric facility until 1981 when it was shut down by the state and i did not write this down but i remember reading that it was alleged that there was abuse and mistreatment ah there's there's the the kicker. Yeah. I mean, granted, stuff like that still happens even to this day. In retirement homes, nursing homes, rehabilitation centers. Absolutely. It's terrible. And I respect the medical community 100%. People who actually go into that career to take care of people because they have the heart to do it. My hat is off to you, good humans. But if you are someone who walks into an elderly patient's room and you just are fed up with the day and you will toss somebody around or hit them or spit on them and mistreat them, you people make me sick. If you hate your job doing that so much, just find Find another job. Yeah, just find something else to do. No amount of money is worth somebody losing their dignity because you want to be a jerk. I have a lot of like bitterness this episode. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just calling out all the jerks in one episode so we can just be happy from here on out. We're calling you out. That's right, we are. Anyway, eventually the Waverly Hills Historical Society was formed to keep the building from being demolished. And these guys are really cool. They are dedicated to educating the public on the history of Waverly Hills patients, staff, and the effect that TB had on the area. And they work hard toward restoring and preserving the facility. Did I say that this place is in Kentucky? I can't remember. It's in Kentucky, guys. Yeah. I, I've at least hinted at it. Well, that's pretty cool. That they, so this place is more like a historical monument. Landmark or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So this organization, this is my favorite part. This is why they're so cool. The organization also gives frequent tours, which run about two hours apiece. Neat. They're not, you know, $5 or so. They're, they're kind of pricey, but this is a nonprofit organization. They need the money to keep up and running, you know? Right. And they have a regular tour, which, you know, gives you the history and whatnot, but they also have a two-hour paranormal tour. Ooh. I know, it's exciting. We should go once all this blows over. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. You rigged it. That's a Gravity Falls joke, guys. <laughs> There are even public investigations. Now, this costs $75 a person, but you're there for six hours. And you are allowed to ghost hunt for six hours. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, as long as you have the funds and the night free on one of the nights that they do this, I want to do it so bad. I think it would be so cool if, like, we can just save up a lot of money. And just take a trip to Kentucky and... Take on this haunted place. Buy some ghost hunting gear. Oh, like an EVP. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it? I think, is it a geoport that... 
I don't know what it's called. The thing that they use on Paranormal Lockdown? Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. But I would be a terrible ghost hunter. I, w- I would absolutely be the worst. Why? Because I would go in there and my defense mechanism is to joke about myself and everything around me. So I'd be cracking jokes about the ghosts, like ticking them all off. I'd come home with like at least five ghosts attached to me, be haunted for the rest of my life. It'd be terrible. And they also do a haunted house during spooky season to earn funds to keep the place up and running. And I would also like to go do that. They run a haunted house in there. Man, can you imagine how much? I just had a brain for it. It's okay. But that that's a huge haunted house. It's a very big haunted house. What they probably do is cordon off certain areas to run the haunted house. I don't think it would take up the entire five floors. That would be neat, though. It would be neat, but it would also be a liability. People, That's more area for people to get hurt. The higher up you go, the more dangerous it could get. So, I mean, not that they don't keep the place up to code. I'm just saying people could run and jump off a building, which has happened before, maybe. Not during the haunted house, though. Right. Someone of their own volition during the time at Waverly Hills. So obviously, with most of these people that were there, they were either sick or elderly, and they were coming to live in this building. So it comes as no surprise that the reason that this society banks on the spookier side of the sanatorium is because there are plenty plenty of accounts involving ghosts. Because, I mean, think about it. With all the patients that have come into the place, you know not all of them left. No. Not even all of the staff left. Spooky. But are they angry ghosts? I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if I was one of those patients that were abused, I would come back as a grumpy ghost. Oh, you're talking about the elderly? Yeah. Well, we don't know that those abused people were killed on the premises we don't know that they were killed or that they even died on the premises i'm just saying you know unfortunately we can't keep our grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents forever eventually we all die right so i'm sure there were some people that passed away in the geriatric facility but not necessarily because they were being abused the people that are actually found to be ghosts in this place are actually patients from the tuberculosis hospital typically oh And some staff, too. But, again, get to that in a second. So, obviously, like I said earlier, because I'm back and forth all over the place today for some reason, they were treated pretty well there, the tuberculosis patients. And a lot of the treatments were pretty tame, but a lot also weren't. Do you want to hear about some of the things that they did there? Absolutely. Because I want to know why they are ghosts. All right. So, some treatments used on the patients were pretty tame, like I said. Like, they would be given rest and fresh air by sitting near open windows. And sometimes that was pretty rough, because I read that even in the wintertime, they would sit them by open windows, and patients would literally be covered in snow. Which can't be good for your health. No. Probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. No, but in, like, the summer and fall, that sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. They were also given good food. Mm. So, I, you know, no complaints there. Here's the thing. This is Kentucky. If they weren't given fried chicken, I'm going to be very disappointed. Now I want some kifk. That's KFC for short. I call it the kifk. It doesn't work, but we pretend it does in our marriage just to keep the love alive. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> in more severe cases, it was more like a torture chamber than a walk in the park, though. Again, not that they were intentionally trying to harm the patients. Right. At, you know, in the earlier days of this tuberculosis hospital, people didn't even quite understand that TB was contracted as an airborne disease. Hmm. So they didn't, they didn't really have a full understanding of it. They didn't have a full understanding of how that worked, how it affected the lungs, truly. And... We've advanced greatly in the last century. That's all I'm going to say when it comes to medical technology. So some of these procedures, if you want to hit the 15 second skip, I will totally understand and you will not hurt our feelings because some of this is really gross. So they would inflate balloons in the lungs to try to expand them. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get into it because I don't know. I didn't want to look into it. My stomach was turning reading this. This is one of my biggest things. Like I, I don't like... Anything near my collarbone, which is, you know, right above the lungs. 
I don't like anything touching my wrist and I don't like anything touching the back of my knees. I, so I, this is really difficult for me to get through right now. I'm sorry. They would remove ribs and muscle tissue from around the affected lung to cause it to collapse. Uh, what that would do was put all the work on the healthy lung for breathing and allow the collapsed lung to have a break and to just heal itself. I don't know how effective that was. I didn't read. Um, and it wasn't just one or two ribs uh, to cause this either. They would remove about seven ribs at a time. Not at a time, but total. And they wouldn't do it all at once. They would do like two or three ribs per surgery. <laughs> So they would have to come in multiple times. How many how many ribs do we have? I don't know. You wanna look it up? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and logically, given that it was the early 1900s, you know not all of these people survived these surgeries. I mean, you had a balloon in your lung. There's no way everybody survived it. It says the human rib cage is made up of 12 paired rib bones. So there are 24 ribs in all. Yeah. So there are 12 ribs on each side. You had... Seven to eight ribs removed on the side of the affected lung, leaving you only, like, four ribs left. Mm. Four or five ribs. uh, Just imagining having Mm -mm, to mm -mm, live my mm -mm. life. I'm going to throw up. (laughs) No, thank you. That's that's cringeworthy. Ain't it, though? (sighs) Imagining life without, It gets worse. Half the ribs on Uh, one side. You're making me squeamish. So, if tuberculosis wound up spreading to the brain because it's a bacteria and it can do that, tuberculosis in your brain, dude. What happens when it hits your brain? Huh. Patients were subjected to electroshock therapy. It was a bacteria in your brain. I don't see how electroshock therapy would fix that. And I'm assuming because it's in your brain, which is your central processing unit for your entire body, basically... It probably changed your personality, your thought process, your speech patterns. And I'm sure being zapped in the brain a few times was not helping. Oh, absolutely not. And electroshock therapy was something used more for people in... Sand asylums? Asylums, right. As a therapeutic measure, if you will. I just really hope I do not have nightmares of these. We haven't even gotten to the ghosts yet. We're just talking about horrible diseases this whole first half of the episode. I mean, just that, that, that sounds worse than some of the actual torture stuff From, I've like, seen. From like the medieval days, yeah. Yeah. Although there's this one thing that's actually a torture method. It reminds me a lot of this and I don't want to talk about it because it makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Anyway. So this is one cool thing though. The doctors, it's a cool thing that leads to not such a cool thing. The doctors here even though they didn't have a full understanding of mental health and whatnot, they actually did embrace the fact that mental health can and is, or can be and is just as important as physical health. So, like I said, people died in this hospital. Right. So instead of wheeling these bodies down the hallways past the patients and lowering their morale and their will to live because, you know, that could make them easily think, I'm not making it out of here. Definitely. Like, if, if if I saw one of my buddies go through that and I'd be like, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to have to go through that. And it kind of would make you want to give up a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, instead of having that process, they sent the bodies through an area called the body chute. Like, chutes and ladders. Chute, not a bang yeah. bang fun slide that's usually what a shoot is but it wasn't a slide but it is kind of a steep hill that's located under the asylum not asylum sanatorium i'm so sorry back and forth with these words because you're like (laughs) an asylum (laughs) it like i said it wasn't like a trash chute in an old apartment building it was a it was a tunnel it led from the hospital straight to the railroad tracks they would put the bodies on a motorized cart on the rails and sent them off for i'm assuming burial and cremation I don't know where they went after that, but I'm sure somebody was taking care of that. Oh, I just realized that you were talking about the dead bodies. Well, yeah. What else would I have been talking about? I thought you were talking about, like, the patients went throughout all that and were still alive. No, no. The patients who didn't make it. Ah, okay. Whether it was from tuberculosis or one of those insane surgeries, they would take the bodies from the hospital to there in order to avoid... The live patients seeing them. Okay. Right. 
this is the last side note about before spooky time. There are rumors that tens of thousands of people died here, but in actuality, it was more in the ballpark of like 6,000, which is still a lot. Yeah. But that means that there are at least 6,000 possibilities of a ghost being in this place. That's a pretty high chance, I'd say. If ghosts are real, I'm just saying, this place is more than likely definitely haunted. <laughs> Please do not tell me there's ghosts of people that are missing eight ribs. That would be so... Gross. Freaking terrifying. I would throw up. Like, I'm serious. I would actually get sick at seeing a ghost if that were the case. But no, I didn't read anything like that. One more thing before we get into spooky time. Tuberculosis was not partial. It didn't affect just people in their mid-20s to late-30s. It affected everyone. That includes infants and children. Are there ghost babies? There's a ghost kid or two. Aww. It's like, aw, sad, but aw, sweet, because they're kids, and they're nice. They're nice, but, okay, so on to spooky time. Are you ready? Yeah. Like SpongeBob on his first day at work. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. So, the third floor. Uh, I'm one of those people that will go from third floor to fifth floor to first floor to everywhere in between. I don't, I'm not going floor by floor here, because that's just too easy. I like my life a little complicated, you know? <laughs> So, there are reports of a little girl running around on the third floor, which, aww. Aww. But also, aww. I want to know what she's running from, or is she just playing? Part of me kind of wonders if she saw was, like, the treatments, quote-unquote, and was like, no! But then again, she could have just been playing. Like I said, they didn't strap these patients to their beds. They were actually allowed to, you know, walk around and be social and play mm -hmm. cards and stuff. So she could have just very well been playing, and once she died from whatever, her ghost was just very playful. Maybe she had, you know, oh, I guess all of them had the TV, and maybe she just was playing and died. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In mid-playful run. I don't think that's, maybe, it's not impossible, I guess. Doesn't sound likely, but I'm just saying tuberculosis probably would have eaten away at her, and she probably would have died in a bit, but... But her soul probably was like, hey, I'm feeling a lot better. Let's play. So on the same floor, <laughs> on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's a woman running around with bloody wrists crying out for help. Did she commit suicide or something? Or No, I don't think so. It's also said that she has bindings like chains on her wrists. Like maybe she was restrained. Because remember, tuberculosis could go to the brain. And can go to the brain. Right, so right. if it had a, if she were a patient that was it affected her mentally, right, and was going through like electroshock therapy or what have you, that could have easily been an explanation. And that could be also be very well why she's bleeding, not because she cut her wrist, but she fought against the restraints Trying that it cut her flesh. Right. Get out of them. I still want to know what ghost blood looks like though. Ectoplasm. But what does that look like? I don't know. I think it's like white goopy. There are a lot of things that are white goop, and no gutter mines here. I'm just saying, look at Krispy Kreme glaze. You mix mm. that stuff up, that powdered sugar, boom, white goop. Ooh, ghostly glazed. Mmm, ghost donuts. Aw, we should make those for Halloween. Go nuts for ghost donuts. Okay, we'll work it. We'll work on it. We'll fix that. Okay, this is my favorite ghost. I'm so excited. I don't, you remember watching BuzzFeed Unsolved with me mm -hmm. and we watched this episode, but I have to tell you guys about it because I don't know that you've seen it and I don't know that you remember it, Aaron. So there are reports of a little boy that they call Timmy, which sounds, Sound, sounds familiar. Okay. This little boy plays with a leather ball and okay, back to BuzzFeed Unsolved, Ryan, you know, Ryan's afraid of everything. He winds up throwing a ball down the hallway and... This, I will, I'm not going to say, okay, I'm a firm believer in ghosts, but this makes me want to believe a little bit more because I actually saw this. The ball stops bouncing for like a half a second and then the speed of the bouncing picks up. Now that can probably be explained away. Fine. But then Ryan and Shane go down the hallway and they find the ball in an area directly in front of a name that is spray painted on the wall. And that name is Ryan. What are the odds? Here's the thing about this that makes it even creepier. You ready? 
Because a lot of people theorize that it's just the building's on a slant and it the ball just rolled. Fine. They did it again. And the ball stopped after an appropriate amount of time. And it just stopped dead center in the middle of the hallway. It didn't go back down that little side area. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Like, it was a little too, too odd that it was, like, perfectly centered. Yeah. Like, what ball just stops perfectly in the middle of a hallway? True, but I feel like the creepier fact is the ball going down that side hallway like someone controlled it. And it stopped in front of Ryan's name. That's just bizarre to me. That is really creepy. Right? And... I just think this would be really adorable, but what if Timmy and the little girl are playing together? I don't know if Timmy's on the third floor. Either way, I think they should be friends. That would be really adorable. Maybe she's after the ball. Oh, if they're on the same floor, could be. I just, I really like the third floor. Not the lady with the bloody wrist screaming, but everything else seems pretty okay. I could handle that. All right, now we're going to the fifth floor. Like I said, I'm not going in order here. There... This is the top floor, guys. And obviously it has access to the rooftop. There was a nurse that was either pushed or she jumped to her death above room 502 or near room 502. Remember when I said that not all the staff made it out alive? Right. Yeah. I think they checked that out on the episode of BuzzFeed as well. They did. And Shane stuck his camera out over the ledge and was like, yep, that'll do it. And another nurse by the name of Mary Hillenberg was found hanging just outside room 502 a few years prior. She was found hanging by a light cord. That's just according to legend. But there's actually more to this. It's not just, okay, a nurse was depressed and she killed herself. Right. There are theories behind this one. So we're bringing the theory to crime and theory. There's a theory that uh, says she didn't kill herself, but she had gotten pregnant by one of the doctors on staff, which, okay, I can see that happening. You're shut off from the world. You have to have form friendships and relationships with people within this community. Okay, that checks out. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So the theory continues that when she got pregnant, she tried to have an abortion. This is a tuberculosis hospital, like I keep saying, not a women's clinic. So the theory continues that this was a botched abortion. Ah, yeah, because thinking about it, because she could not leave the place to have like a hospital staff to help her have that child. Or to help her have the abortion. Yeah, nor can anybody Which I don't know if it was even legal at that point. Right, but no one could come in to, or did I just say that? No, you didn't come into what? To to the place without signing a waiver saying, okay, well, now you're I'm stuck here. I'm here, right. So, I mean, if you think about it, and this is not an argument on whether you agree with abortions or not. This is, we're not political here. We don't get into that. But I'm just saying from her standpoint, if she were pregnant and if this were the case, she's in a hospital riddled with a highly infectious disease. That is not a good environment for a child to be brought into. So I'm not saying what she did was right or wrong or okay or not okay. Like this is, again, we're not discussing that. I'm just saying I can see where she was coming from. Like if that child was to even be born, the likelihood of it surviving. Probably wasn't that great. Right. Again, don't at us because this is not an opinion. I'm just trying to, I'm one of those people that tries to see where other people are coming from. That's all. This is a very double-edged sword kind of scenario. Right. Anyway, if this abortion, if she did have an abortion and it was botched and she bled to death, that her hanging was actually staged. That she did not kill herself. She bled to death on the table and the doctor performing it staged it to make it look like a suicide so that they wouldn't fall under accusation. Oh. But I do have to ask, why do I keep finding cases where people always assume that a woman died by having an abortion. We had Mary Rogers, now we have this nurse. I'm just saying. It's like I'm I keep migrating to these situations. Was she unintentionally. Like, was she all bloody when they found her? I don't know. I don't know any of that. I mean they she could have very well been cleaned up and okay. put in her nurse's uniform and hanged. Like I, I don't even know if she was wearing a nurse's uniform or if she was in plain clothes. I genuinely know nothing about this. 
situation. I was about to say, like, if they walked in, found her hanging, but she was, she was bloody, covered, then, bloody, right? Like, and they thought that her hanging was what killed her. Then, man, no wonder people died at the hospital. Them <laughs> doctors were not smart. <laughs> <laughs> she suffocated to death. Look at all that blood. Checks out. So, <laughs> I keep saying so. I am very sorry. There's a man in a white coat. So, I'm assuming that's a doctor. I assume. But you know what assuming does. Uh, this doctor is seen wandering around the kitchen and dining area. So, that's fun. Just a kitchen ghost. It's just your average everyday friendly kitchen ghost. <laughs> it's like Kelsey and Jason's bathroom ghost that I made up. Even though weird things now happen in the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe he wants a specter snack. Or he wants some KFC, which I really want some chicken right now. Yes. Some fried chicken. That sounds so good right now. I want to know. This ghost is in a dining area, so I just, I, I have to know. Do you think maybe he died hungry and he's still hungry as a ghost? Do you think that's possible? Do ghosts get hungry? Is that why people, people's like cameras and phones and stuff, their battery just drains because that's their food now? That's a good question. I think I figured it out, guys. Now we know. Just bring extra batteries for snacks. That's his energy drink. <laughs> oh, Lord. People have heard disembodied voices as if they're having conversations with each other. And others have heard voices yell, get out. And Aaron, I want your opinion also. But uh, if a ghost screamed at me to leave, I'm going to be like, yep, on it. Thanks for looking out, guys. Okay, bye. Yeah, I'd be like, you do not have to tell me twice. I'm out. But here's the thing. If I were a ghost and somebody said, you don't have to tell me twice, that's when I would yell it a second time just to be <sighs> smart. I would be a terrible ghost hunter and a terrible ghost. Well, if, you, if you're going to scare people, that you're, you're being a good ghost. Yeah, but I don't have the heart to scare people. But they don't have hearts either. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're, of course, slamming doors in the hospital, which, you know, that's pretty much ghosting 101. And I'm not talking about dating ghosting like literal ghosting here guys it's probably on page one of the handbook for the recently deceased just open that sucker up slam doors got it on it i just can't imagine being that one ghost guy that's just stuck infinitely slamming a door like sure it probably was fun the first few times people got scared but after a while I mean, does the ghost still find an amusement from slamming that same door? That's true. Why does are doors still slamming? Do Yeah, do ghosts not get bored of doing that? Or they, I guess they have forever and time works differently. Mm. So maybe they think it's the second or third time they've done it. Even though it's like the 3,000th time they've done it. Maybe they have the same uh, long-term uh, brain power as a goldfish. That would make a lot of sense, actually. And of course, people see shadow figures passing through doorways and down long hallways. Still pretty standard, I think. Yeah. Shadow figures. I saw a clip on YouTube from the show Ghost Asylum, which is the group of really, really southern guys that try to build the things to trap ghosts. Because they want to try to trap them. Which I think is kind of cool. If they ever succeed, good like on you guys. modern day Ghostbusters. Basically. So three of the guys are standing together. In one spot, and the camera's on them, and one of them starts coughing. It's a tuberculosis hospital, so oh, no. he's coughing, right? And then you see the second guy. There's three guys kind of standing in a row, and the second guy coughs just a little bit, and the third guy's not really affected. But they go back through the tapes, and when the first guy starts coughing, you see this light orb thing come out of him, and he stops coughing. And then the other guy passes in front of the other guy when he starts coughing, and then fades. The orb just kind of fades away. So it couldn't go to the third guy because it went away. Right. Oh, Is no. Is that not bananas? You have to show me that. Oh, absolutely. Right after we, right after I hit the stop button, we're watching this. Just YouTube, Ghost Asylum, Waverly Hill Sanatorium. It's so cool. And I found some photos, but I kind of lost them, so I'm going to need your phone. Here you go. Sorry, thank you. All right, I uh, found one of the photos from Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I'm just probably going to wind up saving these or going back through and finding a couple and loading them to our Instagram page, which is Crime and Theory Pod, by the way. 
if you want to go check it out because it's much easier than just telling you what to type into Google all the time and you guys finding the images yourself. That's what uh, uh, I cannot speak. That's okay. Unless that's what you want to do. Oh, yeah. Not telling you what to do by any means. I'm just trying to make your life a little bit easier. But you live your life how you want to. We're supportive. We love you. All right. Here's an image of a shadow figure. No, no, no. It's shaped exactly like a person. That is not okay. It's not, but you know what it looks like? It just looks like a person standing in the doorway. And somebody took a photo with the flash Uh, on, but it picked up the light. Like, it picked up the foreground. And so the person's just standing back there in shadow. I mean, if it's real, that's absolutely terrifying. If it's fake... Good job, whoever edited. Here's the thing, though, because clearly this is at least meant to look like a shadow figure. When people stand, this is a very masculine-shaped human. When people stand, they usually stand with their legs kind of apart, and I don't see any gap where legs are. It kind of looks like this guy just... Peeked out from the doorway? Yeah, peeked out of the doorway. Because his other leg's probably behind the door. Right, but there's no gap in between either. It looks like one solid unit. Look. Ah, yeah. As he's wearing some super baggy pants. That is a possibility. Here is another one. This is supposed to be Timmy, I believe. It's titled Little Boy Timmy. Hang on, I'll show you where it's coming from. This is a hallway, and a camera picked up a, an image from very far away in a side room. This is from 2008. Oh, we graduated that year. We graduated that month. <laughs> Now here's an orb, which could very well be a dust particle. It's no big deal. Yeah. But this image right here, it looks like a little boy kind of peeking. Yeah. Doesn't it? A little bit. What Look do you at see? his hands. Right there? You see that hand? Yeah, but it looks like he's carrying something. It doesn't look like a hand per se. I hope that's not his hand. I hope it's not his hand either. If that's the case, he needed a different hospital than a TV <sighs> board. And, again, here's a shadow figure. Now it looks like individual legs. Yeah, I It kind of looks like somebody in a uh, jumpsuit. Yeah. Kind of standing there looking creepy. Maybe that was one of the uh, staff. Oh, maybe. I don't know if they wore jumpsuits in the 1920s, but hmm. whatever. Wearing some khakis. And this is America's Most Haunted Waverly Hills Sanatorium image. This is very grainy, but it is shaped like a person. Kind of like a head and shoulders. Yeah. Knees and toes. Just me. (laughs) And there's that image again. Looks like someone coming out from the doorway. I mean, again, these could very easily be staged. Yeah, I was going to say that last one kind of looked like a trick of the eye. Like, there was almost kind of like human skin tone. Yeah. And they just, a guy took a photo and tried to edit himself out as best he could. Does that not look like a tiny, the back of a tiny human with their hands behind their back? Yep, that's pretty creepy. Or maybe in front. That kind of looks like a face. I take it back. Uh. I think that might be Timmy. Did I do it? Aw, God bless us, everyone. And then there's this. I have no idea what this is supposed to be. It's the ghost in the window. I don't know. I'm kind of seeing, I'm not seeing a person. Yeah, this kind of looks more like a creature. Yeah. Which is worse. kind of giving me the creeps. To and be honest. Same. Because it and looks like some demon sticking its tongue out. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'll try to remember to upload some of these photos to Instagram. And just keep in mind, they're not my photos, obviously. And I'll put that as a disclaimer. But also, the body shoot clearly is one of the most haunted areas. Which I also didn't really go into detail about because there's so much else to talk about. I don't cover every little nitty gritty detail because if you guys want to investigate for yourselves... I want to leave some stuff open for you to find and you to come to your own conclusions. I don't want to completely influence you and what you should think. Again, your life. We support you and your opinions are valid and... Go check stuff out. Yeah. But if you want. Only if you want to. You could just keep repeating this episode and try to make sense of our nonsense, but, you know, it's up to you. You enjoy the nonsense. Our lives are nonsense. guys so that was waverly hill sanatorium what's your opinion aaron 
Uh, I would love to check this place out. Would you want to do the ghost hunt? The six-hour oh, definitely. ghost hunt? Yeah. They actually offer um, for people to come in also as professional ghost hunters, which you get full run of the place, and I'm sure it costs way more. I wonder if you get group discounts. I don't know. I didn't really look into that, but we have a group. Yeah. We don't, it's usually, with group discounts, usually 15 people or more, though, so we don't have that big yeah. of a group. Anyway, I, I would love to go at least do the public paranormal tour. Yeah. And do six hours of just straight up ghost hunting. I, I want to at least try having the little ball and tossing it. See if Timmy. Yeah. Because he seems to be pretty frequent and pretty active yeah. in now, the building. Now, if I find my name spray painted in the ball yeah. under your name like you know that's to me definitive evidence that there is a ghost 100 percent absolute confirmation right i absolutely would love to do that oh hey, Magoo says hi again so anyway like i said that's it aaron where can they find you uh well typically i'm either here at work no i joke um they can find me on Instagram at I-A-A-R-O-N underscore J-W-A. Sounds good. So go follow him and his boring self. He never posts anything. I'm not a big social media kind of guy. He's really not. I'm on social media all the time. Hi, I'm the one that runs our podcast page, which is, again, Crime and Theory Pod. And Facebook is also Crime and Theory Pod. And Twitter is just Crime and Theory. And if you want to follow me personally and my boring self, because all I do is knit and read. All I do is knit and read. I have the spirit of like a 98 year old British grandmother. (laughs) But you can find me at Housewife in Wonderland on Instagram. And if you find it in your. Yeah, tell them, buddy. Exactly. If you find it in your hearts to listen on Apple or any other podcasting platform that allows you to rate and review, please do so because it actually does help us get the podcast out there more. It helps us build, not really notoriety, but it helps us build an audience and build a bigger community of people who love weird stuff like we do. And I mean, I think that's a wonderful thing, especially right now because we're all self-isolating and some some people are not self-isolating. They kind of have to. And it's just, it's nice. It's a we live in a day and age with the internet and we can build our own communities and let's let's do this guys let's do it and if you have like you know any ghost stories or any neat stuff that you know about where you live like in your community you know let us know about it maybe we oh, might talk about it absolutely we'll definitely talk about it of course with your permission only and if you don't want us to mention names or if you do just let us know you can email any stories you have to theory at gmail.com that's a great idea, Aaron. Thank you. You're welcome. That'd be so fun. Yeah. I'd love to read your stories, your guys' stories on the air. It's not really on the air. We're not an actual radio show. Yet. Yet. Duh, duh, take duh, over the world. Duh, duh, duh. Okay, we're going to go now. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you guys next week. Please stay safe. If you wind up going to Waverly Hills, please tell Timmy we said hi. And as always, don't get haunted. We'll see you next Thursday. And Muku says bye too.